Welcome to World of Soundtracks, where we explore the storytelling aspects in films and TV through music. Whether it is comparing book adaptations, observing themes over a series, or microanalyzing the choice of instruments, we look at how the story is told and moves us. I am your host, Ruth Mudge, and we begin with that initial childhood inspiration or awareness of soundtracks. As we begin, I want to state that this podcast is designed for both musical nerds and those who have no musical knowledge at all, but may have a love for a specific movie or soundtrack. My goal is that we can all become excited and growing to understand what we hear and what is involved to make the soundtrack unique and to help open our ears each time we listen and watch the shows that we love. A little background on myself. I am a cellist and private music teacher by trade and have grown up with a love of soundtracks. I also really enjoy analyzing how music tells a narrative and have been doing both blogs and classes for a few years. I grew up on classical music that was programmatic in nature, which means that it's telling a specific story, such as Peter and the Wolf by Prokofiev, which had an instrument and theme representing each character, or Scheherazade, by Rimsky-Korsakov, where the solo violin is the narrator telling stories from the Arabian Nights, or The Four Seasons by Vivaldi, as well as numerous Tchaikovsky ballets and then the like. While I received the love of classical music and listening skills from both my parents and school, there is something special about that first soundtrack that we noticed, or the first one that we purchased or downloaded. Those may not always be the same as our top five soundtracks ever, but there's a certain nostalgic love involved that we don't want to ignore. Now, I know for many of my peers, Star Wars is the soundtrack world that they've loved since they've been a kid. And while I love John Williams and his musical world of Star Wars and Harry Potter and so many more, I actually heard his music before seeing the Star Wars movies. Not to mention that I've probably played the music in orchestra settings more times than I've seen the movies. I appreciate them from a musician side and not from a young kid being introduced to the world in the movie theater. For me, my love and nostalgia comes from book adaptations. The first soundtrack that I ever bought was Thomas Newman's Little Women from 1993. As soon as that music begins, every time I watch it, it brings me a sense of joy and peace. We all have these, don't we? That initial moment of stillness that everything is right, or an immediate excitement that is ignited, or certain joy or love or just peace that happens as soon as everything begins. The music is so ingrained in us, connecting us to the story that our bodies have a physical and emotional reaction. As much as I love Little Women, the first world that I was immediately drawn into as a kid was actually the world of Narnia. And that's through the 80s BBC adaptations with the music by Jeffrey Burgeon. My family would rewatch these quite frequently, especially The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe. While I 
fully recognize the animals and CGI are quite dated. Uh, when I hear that opening title theme in the horn, I'm immediately brought into the magic of Narnia. It tugs at that core of exploration that sparked my imagination to pretend with my sister that we could enter Narnia through my mom's wardrobe. Every friend that I know that has watched this series still has that magical, nostalgic feeling every time we hear this opening theme. As an adult, I can analyze this from a musical and storytelling perspective that obviously I couldn't as a kid. For example, brass is often used for royalty in majestic moments. While a trumpet may be more accurate for a king, and is in fact used a lot later in the series for the kings and queens, a French horn has a warmer quality to it. There is a feeling of magic and wonder through this new world that they are exploring that is told through the shimmering strings playing tremolo. However, in the middle of this music, it turns minor. These adventures are dangerous, even life-threatening both for the children coming in, but also for the Narnians that they come to help rescue and save. This minor turn includes the flute, which sounds a bit colder, possibly for the White Witch, in contrast before it returns to the main theme of hope in Aslan ultimately rescuing his people. Is this the conclusion that it came to as a child? No, I just loved the stories and the music would immediately take me back there. The most analyzation was when I realized in middle school that I recognized a bass clarinet playing as spring began to appear, just because it was such an unusual instrument to be used and that specific color or timbre stood out. We all have soundtracks that we love because we love the stories. The music takes us back to that magical or romantic or scary or awe-inspiring moment. They may not all be at the same level of genius, but as long as they transport us, move us, and tell the story, then they have done their jobs. Now, there are soundtracks where the music is so good that we know it while only having seen the movie once or not at all. For example, how many of you recognize this theme?
Harry Potter by John Williams, right? We all know that theme. And on the flip side, how many of us know the theme of Jaws, but may not have even seen the movie? Oddly enough, I think almost every middle school cellist that I have taught learns how to play Jaws, even though most of us have not seen it. In a similar fashion, but completely different feel, Gabriel's oboe from the mission is often played at different events, from weddings to receptions to meditation or even prayerful moments. Is it more powerful in context in the movie? Absolutely, but it also transcends past that as well. As a cellist, my favorite version is a recording that Yo-Yo Ma performed of Ennio Morricone's music, but it has also been recorded by other groups, especially cellists, such as the Piano Guys or the Two Cellos. However, here we will hear the original work. Music is both subjective and objective in nature. The nice part of these podcasts is that we can look at the themes and motifs, the instruments used, and the musical choices made objectively. Also recognize that our love for them and our interpretation of how all these different things come together are often subjective. You may love a soundtrack that drives me nuts and vice versa. Yet we come together to enjoy the ins and outs because ultimately they touched our hearts. Throughout this year, I intend to explore and compare music that I have loved over the years, from Jane Austen adaptations, to the world of Harry Potter, and even the score of Arendelle and Frozen. I recognize that these are all beloved stories in which fandom has many strong opinions. My hope is that as we explore these musical worlds, we can listen to these films with new ears, which in turn sparks that joy and excitement for the music inside of us. I would love to hear from you what soundtrack was the first one that captured your imagination or that stood out to you in a powerful way. You can share this online on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at World of Soundtracks. One little note, please be kind and considerate to each other as we share our love of soundtracks and how the music impacts us as we interact online. We can always encourage each other to listen more and to hear new things. Happy listening. A special thanks to all of those who are involved in making this podcast happen, especially Edith Mudge for the original score and Lindsay Bergsma for the graphics. This is World of Soundtracks. <laughs>